morning. How are you all? Good. Awesome. Got an awesome. That's pretty awesome. Cool. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Mercy Vineyard Church. Uh, welcome online, all of our online peeps and folks. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I don't know. Uh, today is just a beautiful day. Uh, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. And uh, good to have you. Quick announcement. Uh, Saturday, April 17th at 9 a.m., we are going to be working on the thrift store. We've got a dumpster coming. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, so we will have a dumpster parked in front of the store. Hopefully the neighborhood will not have filled it by Saturday morning. Uh, and that there will be space in it for our junk. And so come uh, and wear gloves and sturdy shoes and leave the kids at home because there's lots of things that you can be... What's that? Yeah, wear a, bring a mask because there's a lot of dust and all that stuff. And so uh, come and help us get this thing going, right? Steve-O, you going to come help us out? So that's a yes. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. So, but uh, it's going to be uh, just a great time. We'll get that going. It, and it, it, there's just so much stuff. And I mean, we really, we're literally just gutting the entire place. And uh, there's just so much that needs to be hauled off so that we can sort of build anew inside of there. And so I'm just so excited that we're getting that much closer and the weather's nice and we can go out there and we can work on it and it's going to be great. So come Saturday, April 17th at 9. So today let's go ahead and put our uh, vision statement. What's that? What's that? What? Well, <laughs> So you folks at home, uh, Lori was talking to Julie, in case you were wondering. Um, so let's say our vision statement together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That's what the church is all about. That's what Mercy Vineyard's all about. And we're, on, we're church on mission. We're not here circling the wagons. We're loving each other. We're loving Jesus. We're growing in Christ. We're going. We're serving each other. We're serving our community. And again, I can't wait. We get to do that with the thrift store pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to that. And today what we're doing is we are continuing our eight-part series called Created in God's Image to Reign, and we're talking about who God created us to be and how we walk that out in life. And again, pick up the book, because this is based on Jeff Newburn's book, Created in God's Image to Reign. It's a great book, and uh, grab a copy, get it on Amazon, whatever, you'll be glad that you did. So last week, Wendy talked about uh, how we were made to grow and increase, and it was so cool, and I love that message. I Literally, I have read that passage, that one little verse that like gave us this sneak peek into Jesus' life before the age of 30, uh, where it talks about how he grew in stature and in wisdom and, and favor with men, like... And I had never even looked at it that way, and, and, and it was great. So if you, did, if you missed it last week, go online and listen to it. Uh, it, was, it was great. I love what she had to say about it. So uh, today I want to talk about uh, how, how we conquer. How, how is it that, you know, if we're created in God's image to reign, how do we conquer? What does that mean for the believer? When we use words like reign and conquer, it sounds so like, 
you know, colonial or so like, uh, you know, or we're, we're conquering and we forget so often that we are in a continual 24-7 spiritual battle. You know, we're not here to, uh, to put people in, you know, subservience or submission to us. We're here conquering spiritually. Um, I remember back in high school, back in high school days, which my parents are here today, so they remember my high school days. Yep, high school days. Those of you who are, uh, you know, north of 40-some-odd years, uh, like myself, you remember every... I, this has nothing to do with my message, but one of the things I remember about high school days is lunch money. And, uh, and we, you know, we didn't, I didn't pack a lunch. I don't know why it never just thought, occurred to me to pack a lunch. We had our choice. We had the hot lunch, whatever they were serving that day, the ladies with the hairnets. Uh, or we could, we could take off, we could go to a local fast food place, and uh, we, could, we could go eat there. We had open lunch. Every day for lunch, my parents would leave a dollar and a quarter on their dresser for me. One dollar and one quarter. And you know what? I ate good every day. So on my way out the door to school, I'd snatch the dollar and a quarter off their dresser, put it in my pocket, and I'd head off to Taco Bell with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't probably, that's probably why I'm so short. Uh, Let's uh, talk about son of my growth. But um, I remember in high school, there was, the, I heard this story. I was newish in the faith, and, uh, or at least in taking all of this seriously. And, um, and I remember hearing the story about, uh, you know, the, the walls of Jericho right? And uh, Joshua, and he's marching around Jericho with his men, and you know, they did it seven days, and then on the seventh day, they did it seven times. And there was something about that story that, like, just it filled me with really big faith, like hearing that story and just, wow, the power of prayer and how they marched and they worshiped, and, and that's what did it. That's where the victory was. And so I decided that I would show up at school at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, school started at 7.30. And I thought, well, I'm going to show up at 6.30 in the morning with a handful of my friends. And here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to literally put our hands on the school. We're going to lay hands on the school. We're going to walk around it. We're going to pray around this school and just believe for God to do something in the school and, and pray for revival, pray for salvation of our friends. And it was probably, I don't know, maybe maybe four or five other students that walked around with me, and we, we just prayed for a move of God, prayed for the devil to go away. We did it every day for seven school days. Ain't none of us were going to show up on a Saturday morning at 6.30 to, to pray. There is limits to our faith. But, uh, so we did this, and on the seventh school day, we walked around the school seven times, and we just prayed our guts out, and uh, the walls did not fall down, uh, uh, but interesting things happened. Um, myself and, and the other people that walked around with me uh, had greater faith, had greater boldness. We, we witnessed more. We shared our faith. And it seemed like during that season, everyone, because it was, when you're in high school and you want to evangelize, it's all about inviting your friends to youth group. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And so it seems like I could have, and during that season, I could have asked any random person in the hallway at my school to come to youth group with me, and they would have said yes. 
because somehow, you know, God had just given us favor and he had filled that place with his Holy Spirit. And, and so it seemed like everyone would say yes. And during that season, so many people came to Jesus. And our, even our youth group during that season grew. It, you know, it started around 45, 50 kids. And at one point we shot up to 600. And a lot of that was just that people got a hold of prayer. It was just pray, like kids were praying. And we had, you know, prayer before youth group on Wednesday nights. And we had so many kids there that we kept having to find a bigger room to do it until not only did we fill the room that we were in, but there were kids like on the steps outside of that room because there was two flights of stairs going up to that room. And there were just kids sitting on the stairs even just to fill that place to prayer to pray. And then we, they just said, well, forget it. Now we have to pray in the main sanctuary at the church. And so we filled that, you know, the place with prayer. And so there's just something so powerful and so wonderful about prayer. Um, and, and that was what happened with us. And one of the things that I love about our church really, is that we actually have people who walk around this neighborhood and pray. And they just, they just walk around and they pray. Sometimes they pick up trash and they pray because it needs to be done. <laughs> so make sure you all hit our, our parking lot while you're at it this next time. But, um, you know, I love it that we have people that regularly walk around the neighborhood. They pray for healing. They pray for freedom. They pray for God to move. Uh, when we have camp, on Monday, when the staff comes here to check in campers, the counselors stay behind and they pray all over the campground. Now, I believe that, you know, what we do as campers and counselors is, wonder, is just wonderful, is awesome. But the, like, the, the real work that gets done, like the, the, the ground, you know, laying, it's just whatever, is when they're praying while we're away. And all of the prayers that happen leading up to camp, it's all about prayer. And there's been so many camps where we've come back and I've said to whoever our prayer coordinator was that year, just, and, and I've meant it sincerely, we felt your prayers. Like we totally felt your prayers. And um, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. And one day, there's going to be two great honors that are bestowed on us as believers. Two great honors. One of those honors is that God will dwell with us. God will physically dwell with us. And we will enter into the most intimate relationship possible. We will be Christ's bride, or we are, and that will come into fulfillment. Christ's bride. And then the second thing is, is that we will reign with God for all eternity. We'll reign with him. That's, that's kind of a mind blower, isn't it? A lot of times we think that, oh, you know, when it's all over, when we get to heaven, which... Even that statement, when we get to heaven, has some, some theological issues. But, you know, when we get to heaven, we will reign with him. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp, all right, <laughs> wearing a white robe. I don't know about the white robes. Maybe. Maybe. I'll give, you, I'll give that a maybe. But we're not going to be on clouds, you know, playing harps. And, and we'll be reigning with him for all eternity. And there's just no greater honor. And you know what? That's our destiny. That's your destiny. That's my destiny, is to reign with him for eternity as his bride. Wow, that's awesome. If that doesn't, like, blow your mind, then uh, have a cup of coffee and listen to it again, you know. But we're not quite ready yet, you know. We're not quite ready yet. 
And uh, he's preparing us to reign. And that's what we're doing in this life, is we are preparing to reign with him. And so we're going to talk about that, but really quick, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. God, you're so mighty, you're so holy, you're so awesome. And Lord, we pray that your word would come alive in us today. Lord, that your word would take fruit and bring transformation. We don't want to just be hearers of your word and, and step outside and say a good word and then not be transformed by it. But God, we pray that you would transform us, Lord, by it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off by reading Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 34. It says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. Oh, that was a cool story, right? After the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you, uh, tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Wow, okay. Let me just uh, just read that again, because this, this is a New Testament scripture. This is, this is you know, uh, Paul's words to the Hebrews, and he says that by faith they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of the lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Woo! So, if you remember one thing this morning, if you remember one thing, just remember this we conquer through prayer and faith. We conquer through prayer and faith. Wow, we conquer through prayer and faith. I think some people believe that we conquer through worrying. They must think that because they worry so much. You know, we conquer through anxiety, you know. They must think that because they're just so worried about everything, you know, and anxious about everything. And sometimes, you know, we do, we look at the world, and like if you were to just always be tuned into the news, which, you know, some people, they're tuned into the news all the time, and it's like a, it's like a really bad drug, you know. If you were to just tune into the news, I think it would be easy to believe that the devil is winning, all right? You listen, you listen to the news, the devil must be winning, you must be winning. Everything's bad. And it doesn't matter what news you listen to. I mean, you can listen to, uh, you can tune into a Christian radio station and uh, listen to the news there, and you would think the devil is winning. And you could listen to uh, secular news, and you could think the devil's winning, you know. Because either way, they just want you to know how awful things are. And they want you to be afraid. And they want you to be anxious. And they want you to wring your hands. And they want you to worry. And they do that because they want you to keep listening. And that's how they keep the ears coming, because as long as you listen, they make money. That's how news works. That's not your friend. Anyway, I'm not going to go off on that. But <laughs> it seems like the devil's winning sometimes. Because we do. We see abuse. We see uh, just a decline in righteous living. I mean, we really do. Wendy and I were talking about this on the way in today. Uh, there was a performance on the Grammys, and it was all about uh, a woman's anatomy. And, uh, and we're not talking about her wrists. 
And so, uh, and, and it's just, it seems like just righteousness and righteous living and holy living has just become such a, an, an antique, just such a relic, you know. Uh, we think about poverty. We think about addiction. We see sickness. We see lack of care for children. We lack of care for the elderly. We see exploitation. We see human trafficking. And then we go, why doesn't God do something, right? Why doesn't God do something? And uh, it's because God's actions are led by our prayers. God's actions are led by our prayers. And uh, John Wesley once said, God does nothing but in response to believing prayer. And if God's not moving, it's because the church isn't praying, right? If God is not moving, it's because the church isn't praying. And it's, it's a sad commentary on the church when the least attended meeting for most churches is the prayer meeting, right? If you want to see, like, the place clear out, call a prayer meeting. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody's busy. I got stuff. Everybody's got to wash their truck that day. I don't know what the deal is with that. But it's just, you know, it's, it, it, and it's because, you know, when the church doesn't pray, uh, you know, we're not conquering, right? Victory does not come without a battle, people. It does not come without a battle. Anything worth anything is worth fighting for. Victory does not come without a battle. If something comes easily, it's probably not victory. And so we have to understand that. And we, we should not seek the e, an easy, comfortable life. None of us should be seeking an easy, comfortable life. Rather, we should welcome adventure. We should welcome Risk, we should seize opportunities to do greater things that cannot happen without divine intervention through prayer. Uh, again, you know, you guys know I always talk about camp. Please don't tune me out. Because I believe that camp is such a, uh, is the perfect illustration for all of this. It had risk. It had adventure. It required a boatloads of prayer. It were things that, I mean, you know, uh, Huge. But those things happen through prayer and through risk and seizing opportunities. And this is so important, okay? And why is it important? The first thing is, it's important because prayer is enforcing Christ's victory over Satan. That's what prayer is. It's enforcing Christ's victory over Satan. And so we, we tend to see prayer as, you know, like begging God to do something that he's reluctant to do. You ever feel that way? We go to prayer, and we feel like that's, it's just begging God to do something that he doesn't really want to do. You know, your friend needs healing, or you need healing, or a miracle, or, or greater faith, or a financial miracle. And it's like we just we beg God like he's up there going, mm-mm, 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 you know. And we go, no, come on, God, please, 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 you know. And, and we just think that and we're trying to overcome God's reluctance. But that's not prayer. And guess what? God's not reluctant. You know, it's, it's, it's laying a hold of his willingness, right? And, and, and that's not, you know, overcoming God's reluctance isn't prayer at all. And it doesn't really align with what we know about him through Jesus, right? Remember the person that went to Jesus for healing and said, if you're willing, and you no, know, if you're able, you know, and Jesus is like, if I'm able, what? What? Like, this guy had this doubt as to Jesus' willingness and ability. And Jesus, and all, like, his response, his, his response is almost like, kind of like, like he's slightly offended by, you know, this, this person's assumption about Jesus' posture towards healing. 
And so we are laying a hold of his willingness. We're not overcoming his reluctance, right? We pray for someone for healing. We're enforcing Jesus' victory over sickness, right? So when someone needs healing, that's all we're doing. We're enforcing Jesus' victory over sickness. When we pray for our neighborhood, we're serving the enemy. Notice that he's defeated. You don't belong here. You're defeated. What are you even doing here on this corner? Get out of here, you know? And so we're just enforcing Jesus' victory. The church has been delegated authority. That's what the church has been given, right? I've given you all authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, right? And so the church has been delegated authority through prayer, right, over the enemy by Christ. Doesn't that make prayer just seem really exciting? Doesn't that take it out of the realm of whole, the whole, you know, Christian homework thing? You know, because a lot of times we do. We see prayer like it's some sort of church homework assignment. It's not. It's not. We've got the wrong mindset. If the enemy can keep your mindset limited and bounded and petty and small, he can keep you from enforcing Christ's victory over him. Wow, okay? And so we need, his, we need the Lord's mindset over this. So we, are, we are, uh, have been given authority, and our job is to carry out the sentence written against Satan. The sentence is written against Satan. Our job is to carry out that sentence, to take authority over him and his works, to bind him, kick him out of our lives, kick him out of our families, kick him out of our, our neighborhoods, you know, kick him out of our workplaces. He doesn't belong there, Right? And so, uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I have given you authority, what? To trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So, Jesus has already given you authority. So, when you pray, you are acting on his authority. You know what we do? You know what they call that when you're trying to, like, uh, oh, when you're trying to like conjure up the faith. And I, you know what? I'm guilty of all these things. When you, we go to prayer, and we're almost sort of like, you guys, you guys remember uh, 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 way, way back in the day when Hulk Hogan would fake wrestle? Um, and, and he would, you know, he would like, he, you know, his, whoever he's fighting would, would beat him down, and, and then Hulk Hogan would get all like, he'd, get like, like, he'd go, oh, do you hit again? He'd, oh, he'd stand up and he'd get hit again. He'd, oh, like that, right? And sometimes I think we, we feel like we're doing that in prayer. <laughs> I just got like a, like a, <laughs> guess who? <laughs> but so like, you know, we think that we go up in prayer and we're, 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 we're like conjuring faith, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we're just conjuring this faith. And, uh, and really that's not it at all. We've already been given the authority. You don't, you don't need to conjure up anything. That's called, that's called mental assent. When we, in our minds, try to create some sort of faith, it's called mental assent. And that, well, that's not what we do as believers. We're not mentally ascending. What we're doing is we're just walking in the authority that's already been given us. Okay? And he said, I've given you all this authority. And the last thing is this, is, and we hit on this in the very beginning, is that Prayer is training to reign. That's what prayer is. We, we are practicing reigning when we pray. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Thank you, honey. I can always count on you. Right? So, Scripture tells us that one day we will reign with Christ. 
This is our destiny, to reign with Christ. And when we pray, we are practicing, we are training for that reigning, for that time when we reign with Him. Prayer helps us to prepare for that. I think it's, it's interesting because we do live in a world, in a time, where if God, uh, God could, He could just snap. No infinity glove needed, right? Yeah, I know blasphemy, right? And so he could just snap his fingers and the works of the enemy would be, they'd just turn into dust and float away into some sort of weird Marvel movie. And he could just snap his fingers and end the works of Satan right here and now. But guess what? He wants us to do it. He wants us to do that. God has, for some reason, chosen us to do that, to be the, uh, uh, to, to be the agents of this, to have agency. And he wants us to bind the enemy. He wants us to expand his kingdom because one day we will reign with him, and that's what you call on-the-job training, right? God gives us a little OJT. And he wants us to pray, and he wants us to worship, and he wants to, to walk in his authority. It's on-the-job training. And as we learn to engage in spiritual warfare and, and see people released from bondage and walking in freedom that God intends for them, we are training for reigning. So when we come together and when we pray, and when you pray alone in your room, and I hope you pray alone in your room. I hope that, you know, it was funny because I made the comment this morning, uh, to Ian, and I said, you know, I want prayer to be as essential for people, like uh, automatic for people as brushing their teeth, right? You wouldn't leave your house without brushing your teeth. Uh, and Ian goes, well, I think you'd be surprised how many people leave their house without brushing their teeth. <laughs> okay, how about putting on pants then, right? Yes, but how about putting on pants? It should be that, that, you know... <laughs> It should be that automatic. It should be that sort of that important, at least that important to you, right? It's just spending time in prayer every day. Every day as we engage in spiritual warfare. That's how it happens. We are in training for reigning every day. Revelation 2.26 says, To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I'll give authority over the nations. Wow. And so we conquer through prayer and faith. We conquer through prayer and faith. How many people you feel stirred to go and make sure you pray more this week? Anybody? Yeah. Like, I gotta pray more this week. You know what I love about our, our, our church, many things, is when we gather for like a Holy Spirit night and we gather to pray, like people show up, you know, to pray and to seek the Lord and to enjoy God's presence and to bind the enemy and to pray for our neighborhood and to pray for each other. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to close by reading uh, Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read just a couple of verses out of it, verses 18, 22, and 27. And if you want to, you can close your eyes and just listen to the scripture and kind of let it sink in. But uh, I'm going to read it. It says, but the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Oh, I just want to read that line again. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. The Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom 
when the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey Him. Whew! After struggle comes the victory. After struggle comes the victory. Right? After struggle. You know, when, 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 when you're having a baby, there's a struggle. There is. And a lot of struggles afterwards, too. But, you know, when you start a business, there's a struggle. When you have a relationship that you want to succeed and to flourish and to be awesome, there's struggle. Right? After struggle comes the victory. And prayer is our struggle. It's our fighting. It's how we do war. And victory will come. Victory will come. God will give us reign over nations. Awesome. Uh, if the worship team, you want to come, I just want to say this. When you go to pray, remember that you are a victor, not a victim. Don't go to prayer with a victim mentality. Don't go to prayer with woe is me. Go to prayer remembering that you're a victor, not a victim. You're a victor. And that you go to prayer to enforce Christ's victory in faith-filled prayer. And you're saying, but what if, what if like, you know, what if I don't feel like a victor? What if I go to prayer and I'm just like, Ugh, I can't do this. You know, that's why God gives us each other. I think, I think one, of, one of the worst spiritual crimes is when we don't have enough faith on our own, but too much pride to go borrow someone else's. You know what I'm saying? When we don't have enough faith of our own, but we won't, we won't take the few steps back there to go get prayer from someone. Or we won't walk across the room and say, you know what, I need to experience victory in my life, but man... I don't feel like I'm in training for reigning right now. I feel like I'm, be, I'm just trampled on. But we have too much pride to just ask a brother, ask a sister to put their hand on, their shoulder, on your shoulder and pray for them. And so I'm saying today, if you're there, if you're kind of like, I love all this. I feel, I feel like my faith is being stirred up, but... Just go back there and get prayer. <laughs> go grab Bethany. And you know what? There's other prayer team members here today. And if they see people waiting, they'll go back there and pray for you. Okay, prayer team members? Okay. They'll pray for you. I'll go back there. I'll pray for you. Man, we want you to leave here a victor today. Not a victim. Okay? Borrow some faith from somebody else. If you need to. But let me just pray for you. Why don't you stand with me? God, I thank you. Thank you that you have made us victors, that we are training for reigning, God, that we are fighting a defeated foe. Lord, that you go before us. So who can be against us? That we're enforcing your victory, God. We are practicing. God, we conquer through prayer and faith. 
Thank you, God, that we are not overcoming your reluctance here, but, God, we're laying hold of your willingness. Well, I pray for those who feel weak in the faith today, God. I, I pray, one, God, that you would help them to be humble enough to borrow someone else's faith and disciplined enough to grow their own. God, it's after battle that comes the victory. So help us, Lord, to stay engaged in that battle with our eyes on you. We love you so much, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.